Appreciate you guys. As they said, welcome to another edition of Hanging with Hard. I am your host, Harbaugh Hard. You can follow me on Twitter at Harbaugh Hard. You can follow me on Instagram at Harbaugh Hard. You can follow the show at TS Unfiltered on Twitter and, of course, at Texas Sports Unfiltered on Instagram. Congratulations to everyone that has subscribed and made this show what it is. Not just my show, but the entire network that my man Brad Kellner put together, getting to five thousand subscribers this is a great great time and i want to make sure that everybody continues to pay attention brad said he's going to be giving away some things make sure you pay attention to this uh site because brad's going to leave some messaging make sure you subscribe make sure you like and make sure you tell five friends to tell them to tell five friends because we can make it a party baby we're trying to get to ten thousand. so on this edition of Hanging with Harge, I tweeted this out just a little while ago. I'm going to talk about the Texas special teams and how they are not getting enough love. And I've been very impressed with what they've been doing. I also want to talk about Ronald Acuna Jr. He is an alien. He is an AI because some of the things that he is doing has never been done in baseball. My man Chipper Jones was on. Make sure you go wherever you get your podcast and go listen to that episode of Hanging with Harge. Chipper Jones compared him to Ricky Henderson, but he also said that he would be recognized as the most talented baseball player to ever wear a Braves uniform. That is high praise when you think about all the studs that have played with the Atlanta Braves that you've been able to see. But I also want to talk about this Baylor Bear and uh, Texas Longhorn football game. It is interesting to me. And the reason, the only reason why this game is interesting to me is because of the fact that when you think about some of the comments that were made um, by Coach Sark and, of course, by Coach Dave Aranda, and I will play – uh, some Dave Aranda sound for you. But when you sit and you think about how this all comes into play, and I've said this before and I'll continue to say it, you have to humble yourself regardless of what you see across from you. Because on any given Saturday, anything can happen. Your plans uh, sometimes get destroyed by rain. You have a dinner that you have planned and somebody gets sick during that time. There's so many different parts of the unknown that is really, really difficult for you to really grasp. And walking into this game, it came to me into that thought process of, Humility. We saw what happened last week, and I told you, I told you this before. The transfer portal has made things a little bit more even than what we're used to seeing. There used to be times when you saw certain teams and you saw them play, and you you just assume you're about to hang half a hundred on them. That's not always true. So Dave Aranda at his press conference, by the way. Every reporter in Waco should be thankful that they're getting. I'm glad you asked me that. It's pretty funny. But that's just who Dave Aranda is. But my point is, 
when you're playing against a wounded team and Baylor Bears are very wounded, they're kind of backed in a corner. The nation is looking at them because they lost to Texas State. They came down to the wire against Utah, which Utah is a damn good football team. We've seen them before, and they're doing it without Cam Rising. So they, too, are dealing with a backup quarterback, but that backup quarterback has played well. And then you get play Long Island, and a lot of people didn't even know they had a football team, but they do. So my question is, how focused is this team going into this week? I'll get to Texas in a moment, but I'm talking more about the Baylor Bears. And Dave Aranda had a chance to talk about this, about what it is about playing the Texas Longhorns. No, I appreciate that. We are going to talk about that. You know, I think as an aside to that, but probably not an aside, is um, I can't tell you how many times um, this off season it's been, um, hey, Dave, just win one game, please. You know, and so that has been brought up to me multiple, multiple times. And so, um, you know, I can, I, I, I sense it and I know it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm uh, blessed and more blessed to be able to do something about it. And so, but we're definitely going to talk about the history and just some of the bigger games in the past uh, because I think that's way important with something like this. And the ironic thing about that is this is the last time that the University of Texas will end up playing um, the Baylor Bears as we know it right now. Now, things may change down the road, but as of today, this weekend will be the last time that the Texas Longhorns will face the Baylor Bears in football competition while being in the Big 12. Now, listen to those words that Dave Aranda said. I am blessed to have the opportunity to do something about it. And you know that those kids in that locker room are blessed to do something about it. Now they're banged up. Like I said, this is a wounded situation for those guys. They're not coming back at this great level in which they have played before, where we've seen those guys play for a Big 12 championship and win. Although it was Matt Rule's players, but everybody says you got to coach the guys that you have there. And that's exactly what he did. Everybody's questioning the fact that he wasn't more aggressive in the transfer portal. And I get it. I get it. I've been a big proponent of the transfer uh, transfer portal because it gives those op those kids that opportunity. They have chips on their shoulder and they're looking at something else. But I want you to listen to what Sark said about playing Baylor and not just Baylor, folks. It's also about playing in the Big 12. And that is why I caution you. I think that's a, that's always a hard one um, because the moment you play one of them, the other one's going to be even more upset. Why isn't it us? And so, I, you know, again, I, all I can do is focus on the teams we play. And I, and I recognize these are great rivalries and, and games that have been played for a long, long time. Um, you know, if that's the direction it ends up going into, that, that'd be great. I think it's great for the state of Texas and, and so on and so forth. But some of that is obviously out of my control uh, of what we do there. But I do think one of the challenges with that is you play Baylor, Tech's upset. You play Tech, TCU's upset. You know, you play TCU, Houston's upset. They, they finally just got in the conference. And so it kind of just – there's that trickle-down effect. And so where it goes moving forward, I'm not really certain. Um, 
I know we're excited. Next year we get to play A&M again, which we haven't been playing for some time. So you can't play everybody. All you can do is just try to, you know, play the schedule you have and play it as good as you can. Yeah, and you got to play those guys that are in front of you. So this is the last time that they're going to be able to play each other. But as I said, this is a wounded team. This is a team that has had some issues. Dave Aranda is looking at this game. All he, that people have been telling him the entire time, all you got to do is win one game, Dave. All you got to do is win one game. And he knows that his team is not at the level in which he had hoped it would be at this time. He didn't expect uh, Blake Shapin to get hurt in the first game of the season and having to break down with some of the uh, uh, Sawyer Robertson having to come in and play in this game uh, this season this early. He, he wasn't expecting that. But like anybody else, you have to make an adjustment. The offensive and defensive lines are not what they used to be. They're not as physical as they once were. But, again, you're going to get your best shot from, from Baylor. And I hope my man Sal – what's up, Sal? What up, uh, CB? And C. Clear, I'll get to your answer in just a minute about the Rangers. Guadalupe said, keep telling yourself that, hook them. That's true. That's true. I, listen, don't get what I'm saying. As if, as if I don't believe in the Texas Longhorns are going out there and playing the game that they're capable of. If they play at a very high level, there's not very many teams in the country that will be able to play with them. But we've also seen the sluggish, slow start, which is why Coach Sark was upset when people were asking him about the slow start. He's not going to – the one game is not going to affect him. They're playing better in the second half, so we have seen a game of adjustments. So I've been impressed with that. But the simple fact of the matter is we got three games that have been played and two of the three Texas didn't come out and play uh, on hitting on all cylinders at the very beginning. That's just what it is. So if we're going to go and look at another team's film and see that they are not very good, you can say that Texas does not start off well. So does that matter? If you get some turnovers, Texas has been taking care of the football. Uh, they had a fumble last week. with uh, Jaden Blue fumbled it late in the game. But don't get it twisted. On any given Saturday, anything can happen, especially at a place in Waco where it's the last time you're going to be there. It is a sold-out crowd. The student section is already sold out. They hate Texas as much as Texas hates Baylor. So if you're going to have your best week of practice and your best week of focus and you're expected to try to go to another level, this is the time. And that is how you have to approach every game as a Texas Longhorn. Let's not forget, we're not far removed from last week, Quinn, yours calling a team meeting in the middle of the week. Was that just in general? I don't know. Was that so everybody can stay focused? I don't know. But the fact still remains, why did he have to do it after you played probably one of your his best game that I've seen him play since he's been at the University of Texas? I know a lot of people will probably say Oklahoma, but Oklahoma was hamstrung last year. And that's a different football team. So don't get that twisted either. But I'm just curious to what this week's practice is all about. I know that Coach Sark is um, – having his press conference here, uh, maybe right now, his weekly uh, Thursday press conference. No, wait. No, that's tomorrow. I'm tripping. My days are mixed up. Happy birthday to my son, DJ, anyway. Happy birthday, buddy. Um, but you sit here and you, you, you think about what to expect from your football team. 
you want to be focused. You want to go into Baylor and you want to leave a message and you want to start trending in the right direction because next week you got Kansas, who's an electrifying team, and they got a good offense. And you're, you're going to go from playing a backup quarterback last week, who turned out to be pretty good, to this week playing a backup quarterback. And you're going to also have an opportunity next week to play against Jalen Daniels, who is the preseason uh, favorite for offensive player of the year and MVP. So. With that all being said, your focus needs to continue to happen right now, here today, ASAP. That's all I keep thinking about. What are you going to do as this goes on? But uh, I also want to remind you, too, they don't have a flow on the offensive side of the ball right now. They're trying to find their identity. They had a lot invested in Blake Shapin. He's no longer there. Well, he'll be back. He's not going to be eligible to play this week. But you got Sawyer Robertson. You still have a running game that uh, last year, also Richard Reese was a preseason first team, all Big 12 nominee. He had 12, uh, 1,020 yards last year with 14 rushing touchdowns. But he's struggling this season. He's averaging uh, 4.5, and he only has 117 total yards in, in their first three games. Dominic Richardson came over from uh, Oklahoma State, but he's averaging 5.2. And then they've got some – Pendergrass or something like that, that running back that had a big uh, weekend this past weekend. He's going to get an opportunity to play. You're going to have RJ Martinez, who's a quarterback from uh, right here at Westwood, right in Austin, Texas. What you know about that wood, um, he's going to probably get an opportunity to play. He drove them down the field. He was three of five last week. So he's something that's special and he can use his feet. The dude is mobile. But also they got Byron Bonds on defense, former University of Texas football player that also went to Utah State and then transferred to Baylor. Some of you may remember him. Uh, his, his mom, Mother Hustler, is, was a great follow during her time here. She's still a great follow. I'm not tripping on that. But she's good people and, and cares and cared for the University of Texas. But now he's on that team. So he's going to play with a chip on his shoulder during that time. And my kinfolk, Drake Dabney, tight end, he's their big play guy. Um, he's there. He moves the chains for them. So those are some of the people that you're going to end up looking at on the offensive side of the ball. But what we've been continuing to talk about is this Texas defense and how they suffocate people. They do what they're supposed to do, and they, they put you on your back, and they fly to the football, which is a huge, huge part of the success that you are looking for as a Texas Longhorn fan. Another part of this game I want to talk about, about being special, and that's the folks over there at Covert BK. That's right. The folks over at Covert BK make you feel special whenever you get a chance to go out there. They have 42 acres right there in the beautiful hill country, right off of 71. You're going to drive out there for a while, but you're going you're gonna to find beautiful uh, cars out there, whether you're looking for a Buick, GMC, Cadillac, uh, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram, or if you're in addition to want to go somewhere else and look for a car, they have Ford Hutto and they have Ford Lincoln in Austin. And don't forget about Bastrop. Cobra BKs has something for everyone. They also have, uh, they service every make and model. They have 86 service bays. 
86 of those things, and they can get you done in minimal, minimal time. So please visit CobraBeeCave.com and get the latest specials, and you can check out their inventory or just stop by. We've been doing shows out there. Brad and and Buck do their post-game, I mean, pre-game show out there. It's so much fun. And shout out to my folks that are over there. My kinfolk, Ira Clark, he's working out there. Marcus Washington Sr. and Jr. are both working out there as well. They are from the 254. So make sure you go out there and tell them that the folks with Texas Sports Unfiltered sent you out there. You know, one part of this team that, hey, what up, Mike? Uh, One part of this team that we haven't done a lot of talking about has been the special teams. And I think that they warrant uh, a little bit of the conversation because what we've seen so far with the few years that, that Coach Banks has been here, We've seen our special teams improve. We've come a long way from missing extra points during uh, the previous coaching regime's era to where we are now. So for me, I think we did. First off, we need to salute Burt Arvin. He's done an unbelievable job. He's six of 80 and he had two misses. One of them was from 40, uh, 49, 40 plus yards. And the other one was from 50. So, he's been very consistent and he's perfect on the PAT. So that has been outstanding. And then you have to look at the, the transfer from uh, Stanford, Ryan Sanborn, who has done an unbelievable job whenever he's been called on the punt, he's averaging 48 yards per punt. But th- this is the, the special part about it, that our special teams on punt coverage is so fast that the other team is only averaging 1.2 yards per return. That is, if you catch it, you're getting popped if you're not fair catching it. So these guys are hustling down and flipping the field when you need to. So that is part of the success, too, whether you're looking at the field goal um, shots or the punt coverage. They've done an excellent job. Another thing that they've benefited from is X-Man on those punt returns. I'm a little nervous every time X-Man is back there. You know why? Because my man does not like to fair catch. He does not. He does not, which sometimes it's a little nerve wracking for you, boy. But I love it when he gets an opportunity with space to try to take something to the house. He's been electrifying the crowd for the last couple of weeks, and he's been so close, so close to breaking it on those punt returns. He, in, the, in all three games, he's come close to turning a corner and getting it to the house, and I can't wait for him to be able to do that kickoff return. We need to do a little bit better because most of the time they're either kicking it out or they're trying to pooch, not pooch pump, but pooch it to where it's high enough that you don't have an opportunity to return it. And so Keelan Robinson hadn't had his chance to take it to the house, but I do want to say this. I've been begging for this to happen. And I, there was, there was a possibility last week. They came after one punt. They came after one punt last week. And they almost got there. And Keelan Robinson has been that guy that would normally get there. And he came off the edge and he was close. And I still think that they are very, very close to blocking a punt. I'm hoping it's this week. It changes the momentum. And if you can get out there early and you can block a punt early and kind of take that Baylor crowd out of the game, it's going to help the University of Texas a lot. A lot of those guys are, like I said, everybody's going to be amped up on the Baylor side of it. Some people are going to be trying to take your head off. They may not be focused on some of the things that they need to to control the ball game because they don't want to get into a shootout with Texas. They're not built like that. 
So they're going to run the ball. They're going to try to control it, which means you're going to get more opportunities on punt coverage and punt block that you haven't been getting. So if that defense can hold up for Texas, I still believe that we're going to get a pump block coming up real soon. Joe D. Camillus is on the sideline. That is his job. That's what he's done all his career. He's been on the special teams. And I think him and Coach Banks working together can, can create a huge, huge opportunity to uh, change the game this week. So those are some of the things that I'm going to be looking for. And I wanted to make sure that we gave a shout out to these special teams because I don't think we've done enough of that because seeing what they've been able to do has been pretty, pretty doggone cool. Uh, another thing that I wanted to talk about is uh, Tom McKay. Tom McKay at Audiovisual Consultations, they will get the setup for you. I know that there were, there's a lot of times that people are trying to figure out what's next for me. How can I get this thing set up? Oh, I need to do something. I get, I get, I got this new house and I want to set up this man cave. Or you have an old house and you got another room that you really want to set up a man cave. Let Tom and his crew do it for you. Go to avconsultations.com or give them a call, 512-255-8678, and let them come out and take care of it for you. Everybody's going to tell you, go to the big box stores and let's see what can happen. And you can go set it up yourself. And then it's not balanced, right? You're going to end up calling them anyway. So give them a shout, 512-255-8678, or check them out online at avconsultations.com. Big game this weekend. They're on the road. So you might want to be able to try to get that set up at whatever sports bar you're at. You know, Tom has had something to do with that as well. All right. So I want to get into this little conversation about baseball. And what I want to talk about about baseball right now is the MLB is getting exactly what they wanted at this time of year. The AL West is one of the most fun division and nerve-wracking divisions in baseball right now. If you look at what's going on as of last night, excuse me, let me get this set up. Um, the Houston Astros, Seattle Mariners, and the Texas Rangers are separated by a half a game. The Rangers last night got the win Seattle, they broke a four-game losing streak, by the way. And Seattle won last night. They're on a two-game losing streak. But the Houston Astros cannot get out of their own way. It's almost like they're trying to keep everybody interested in it. And the other part that is very, very unique to me is that the Houston Astros, Minute Maid Park, has not been kind to them. That is the ironic thing to me is because you used to think that anytime you went and played at Minute Maid, it was going to be a problem. They are 38 and 39 at home with an astounding 46 and 29 on the road. That right there is amazing for them to play that well on the road. And if the team is over 500, they are 35 and 43. That's not the Houston Astros that we're used to seeing. 
they're they're continuing to play against the Baltimore Orioles, who are the best team in baseball. They continue to roll, and they got a buy, so they're already set. So they're 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 already set in the playoffs. The Rays are already set in the playoffs. As we sit today, we're trying to figure out the wild card and all the tiebreakers and all that stuff that goes with it. Right now, Houston is still in first place. Tampa's at, in as number one wild card. Toronto is at the number two. They're up one game over Seattle and Texas. And there's a possibility that one of these Texas teams are not going to be able to get into the playoffs. And that is sad because at the beginning of the year, the Texas Rangers were the team that everybody thought was going to be there. We had Chipper Jones on with us on Monday. I had him on with me on Monday. And he was talking about the same thing that I was talking about is how is it that the Rangers made all these offseason moves, was sitting pretty, and then they ended up getting their arms uh, banged up. Nathan Uvalde came in last night. He was a little bit shaky. They were hitting the ball hard off of him, but they end up winning that game. Uh, shout out to them. But right now, it is a dogfight to kind of see who is going to be that third team, get that third spot. You can still overtake Toronto because you're only up. Uh, Toronto is only up by one uh, at 84 and 67. Seattle's 83 and 60, 68. And so are the Texas Rangers with the Houston Astros at 84 and 68. So there's a lot to still be broken down. There's a lot to still that needs to happen. But if you are a Houston Astros fan like my man Ike, Ike Ike, be careful, bro. The, the Strohs are not trending in the right direction. The best thing for them is to go on the road for a little bit because they always seem to play better. Now I want to get into this kind of conversation about my man Ronald Acuna Jr. We talked to Chipper Jones on Monday. He said Ronald Acuna Jr. has become the player, the best player to ever don an Atlanta Braves jersey. Now, that is some high praise from a Hall of Famer with multiple Hall of Famers that have been within the Atlanta Braves organization. But I want to give you a breakdown on who Ronald Acuna Jr. and how he's here at this spot. He's going to be in a class all by himself. Think about this. Think about album sales. When you think about album sales, you got you got a gold record. You got a silver, you got a um, platinum, and then you get triple platinum. And if, if you're a Swifty, you're a triple platinum, right? And then you think about the status of American Express cards. Don't leave home without, but American Express card. You got a regular Amex. You got the business platinum Amex. But then you get the black card, unlimited. Unlimited black card. You hear about it all the time. Get your black card. That is what Ronald Acuna Jr. is. He's a triple platinum artist with an American Express black card. And now he is going to be in a class all by himself. There's been 44 people, 44 major leaguers, 44 times, excuse me, 44 times because some of these guys have been multiple uh, time 30-30 guys, 44 of them. Think about that. 
there has been only four 40-40 players as of right now. Jose Canseco was the first one when he was with the A's. He did it in 1988. I mean, excuse me, 1988, yes. Barry Bonds did it when he was with the Giants in 1996. Alex Rodriguez did it in 1998 when he was with Seattle. And the last time that someone was a 40-40 player was in 2006 with Alfonso Soriano that was uh, with the Washington Nationals. So last night, Ronald Cunha Jr. led off the game with the very first pitch. He hit a home run, got him to 38. He came back up later in the game, got another pitch, drove it to center field, got another home run. He also had a stolen base last night as well, scored three runs. This is the interesting part about this. So Ronald Acuna Jr. is about to become part of the 40-40 club. He'll be the fifth player in the history of doing it. But here's something that has never happened. A 40-70 and 70 player. A 40-70 and 70 player. So let me give you his stat lines, too, for the season. He's got over 200. And five, he's at 205 hits. He's got 33 doubles, three triples, 39 homers, 100 RBIs. He's batting 338. He's got 67 stolen bases. And the most impressive stat about all of that is not that he's about to be a 40 40 guy. The most impressive stat for me is the fact that this young man has 78 walks to go with 78 strikeouts. That is balance, balance, balance. If you ever go look at the back of my baseball card, it does not look like that. I promise you. It may have 144 strikeouts. I might have 60 walks. No, that is the, that is presence at the plate and discipline like no other. And oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, he scored 138 runs this season. And I tweeted out, is he AI? I think he is. You remember that girl on the plane talking about he's not real? That MFR is not real. That is Ronald Acuna Jr. And if you're not a Braves fan, but you're a baseball fan, what you are seeing, you would, may not ever see again. I was texting last night with Chipper Jones, his first at bat, because I turned on the game, just sat down, getting ready to watch it, and crack. First pitch he saw, he hits a home run. And he said, he told me, he was going to hit a home run tonight. Because remember, Chipper's a hitting consultant with the Atlanta Braves. So the conversation that he had with him let him know that he's feeling good and he's obviously seeing the ball well. So it has been very, very impressive. He said, he said I said another one. He said, he said he was going to do it too. And then I text him again. I said, he had another one. He said, this dude is a machine. 
Those are the types of situations that you want to watch. Those are the types of things that make you understand that this is a fun, fun time to be watching baseball because the pennant chases are here and they are here to stay. One of the things, too, that I wanted y'all to think about is we talked about Shohei Otani um, earlier this, this year, but most importantly, just recently, about him being injured, his season being done. I wouldn't read too much into the fact that he cleaned out his locker the other day, and I think that was more for him getting ready to to have a surgery. He's going to be around the team. He said he left a message today talking about how much he loves the team, and he's still going to be there, and he ended it with go halos. But we were talking about him being the MVP and what he's going to 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 go through to be this MVP. Well, he's out. He's got 44 home runs, 95 RBIs. He remember the stat line that I told you about 78 and 78. Shohei Otani has struck out 143 times to 91 walks. He only had only had he had 20 stolen bases. So he's a 2020 guy. He's not going to be a 30-30 guy. But the reason why I bring this up is when we talked the other day, we were talking about my man Corey Seager. Corey Seager plays shortstop for the Texas Rangers, who are in the middle of a pennant chase. And if you are going to be in the middle of a pennant chase and you are going to be talked about as an MVP, Corey Seager has now creeped himself into that conversation. He's only played 108 games, but he has 436 at-bats, so he qualifies in every batting title and every situation. He's batting 333, um, and he has already hit 31 home runs, 92 RBIs, he doesn't steal bases. He doesn't have triples, but he's got 41 doubles. So in the American League, he has now positioned himself with the fact that Shohei Otani has been out. That has been the story of Major League Baseball as well. So continue to pay attention to it. It is going to be a fun, fun race. And I can't wait until we get to the dog days, to the very end, where we're going to try to decide who's going to be the champion. It's going to be fun. Continue to pay attention. Let me tell you about my friends over at Pest Wranglers. Pestwranglers.com is where you need to go for all your pest control needs. I saw some silverfish, so I'm going to give uh, Pest Wranglers a call as well. Because they're locally owned and it's a small family business that's been around since 2006, its basic principle of great customer service leads to happy customers. The company was started by the owner who was tired of companies that didn't know how to treat their employees or their customers the right way. You know, if I'm working with them, they have to do that. And that is a must. Pest Wrangler services most of the Central Texas area. If you're needing uh, help with mosquitoes, termites, rodent control, or inspections for your residential or commercial properties, don't hesitate to reach out to them. Give them a call today at 512-670-7808 or go to the website at pestwranglers.com. You don't have to take my word for it. They don't, you, you can go and check out their Google ratings uh, on Yelp, their five-star Google ratings, Yelp, Angie's List, and all referral sites. And the best thing about them is they won't make you sign a contract because they believe that if you're a happy customer, you will continue to use them. Go to pestwranglers.com today. So check this out. We're also sitting here talking about baseball and Ronald Cooney Jr. and everything that's going on. And then we also want to talk about the NFL. 
last, yesterday I talked to you guys and I brought up the fact of um, some of the 0-2 teams. Are they real contenders? Are they going to be able to bounce back? The, the numbers tell you that they're not going to be able to bounce back. Some of those 0-2 teams are not going to be in the same conversation as we thought they were going to be. There's a lot that needs to transpire. We got a lot of football. You don't want to give up on some of the things, but you want to be realistic because we talk about how college football has changed with the transfer portal for you and, and people moving around. So the ups and downs are minimal. You're going to have some teams that are going to be able to compete quicker than what you thought as we look at uh, Texas State and, of course, Deion Sanders, what he was able to do. But when you sit and you look at what's happening in the NFL, you have the pretenders and you have the contenders. And I want to start off with the fool's goal. Teams that are 2-0 that you're just not sure that they are that type of team. I'm going to start with the Washington Commanders. Yes, they are 2-0. You have to beat the teams on your schedule. There's They they are playing with Eric Public Bienemy as their offensive coordinator. So you're seeing some things. They are a 2-0 football team. But do you believe in them? They have talent. Brian Robinson in the backfield. Excuse me, Brian Robertson Jr. in the backfield. Very talented uh, running back. You have Terry McLaurin on the outside. I think he's one of the best wide receivers in the game. You have Logan Thomas, who got popped this past weekend, and you don't know what he's going to do as a tight end, but he's a former quarterback. But are they a team that you can believe in in the NFC East? I'm still not sure. I'm not going to call them fool's goal, but they're on the verge of it. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're 2-0. Baker Baker, my touchdown maker, as my man Bucky likes to call him. Uh, Baker Baker, money maker. He's taking care of the football, and he seems to truly, truly like being in Tampa. Now, you like it when you're winning. Let's see who he is if they start to lose games. Let's see who he becomes. Mike Evans looked like he's rejuvenated. You got Chris Godwin. You got that defense that's always flying around the ball. They're a talented defensive team. Uh, but do you believe in their coaching staff? And do you believe in Baker? Which Baker is Baker going to come back to reality? Or is Baker going to play in a system where he seems to be very, very happy? And the team seems to really enjoy him. You got Rashad White as a running back as well, who's been doing a really good job. Then you have the Atlanta Falcons. Do you believe in it? Yes, we all know how special Bijan is, but is Desmond Ritter a guy that you believe can lead you? They had good running backs before. Uh, uh, Algier, who is the influence for my fantasy football team because my son saw Algier run one time, and he said, man, he looks like he is running in lowercase. So that's my fantasy football team. But. They've always had a, a good running game. They they execute well. Is Desmond Ritter good enough for you as an Atlanta Falcons fan? I don't know. I don't know. He's been really talented. He's a really talented guy. He he did well when he was at Cincinnati. He's a very mature football player. But is he if he has to be in a shootout, is he going to be able to get there? And I know a lot of people say you don't have to play every game in a shootout because every game may come down to it. It'll be interesting to see. So I'm not falling for the banana in the tailpipe when it comes to Atlanta. I got to see more. Uh, that NFC uh, South is going to be fun 
to pay attention to. Speaking of the NFC South, are the Saints real or are they fake news? I don't know. I'm a Derek Carr fan. You're going to get back Alvin Kamara here soon. Michael Thomas has been playing. Your defense is always top of the line. You've got some veterans over there that are some headhunters. So you're going to be in it. And as we said, in the NFC South, how good is those teams? I don't truly know. Been watching them. I've got some players on that team. But how good is the NFC South and how good are the Saints? The worst team in that division is the Carolina Panthers. And the Carolina Panthers almost beat them. So let's just kind of pay attention and see how this is all going to work out before I decide if they're going to be real or fake. A team that is in the mix that I think is very, very talented, the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens are a team that have now went out. You got brought in Todd Munkin. He's given uh, the keys to the team or to the offense, excuse me, to Lamar Jackson. He seems to be happy. It's an unfortunate situation in the backfield because J.K. Dobbins is out again. But you're bringing in Gus Edwards has done a great job. Justice Hill has done a good job at the running back position. But you got Zay Flowers, who I brought up yesterday as one of the top rookies in the game. He's been playing unbelievable. Duvernay, but you don't know what's going to happen with uh, Odell Beckham Jr., who seems to be hanging out with a Kardashian. Is that why he hurt his ankle? I don't know. I don't know. But you're sitting there trying to figure that out as well. So the Ravens are always a good team. They're well coached. Harbaugh is a good dude. He continues to put them in the right position. But it looks like Lamar Jackson is having fun again. And Mark Andrews made a touchdown this weekend. So he's got his safety net back as well. The, here are the teams that I think are legit players in this this football game. The Dolphins. Tua, Tua, Tua. He went to Bucky's uh, fall prevention camp. He's been able to do that. So I'm excited to see that for him. He's learned how to be healthy like that. And he said early in the season that people need to keep his name out of his mouth in a negative way and let him go out there. You got Tyreek Hill. You brought in Vic Bangio on the defensive side of the ball, which is going to get better and better and better. You got Deshaun Elliott on that football team and Brandon Jones. Both hook them hook up horns are over there doing their thing. So that defense is going to be good. Tyreek Hill, the track, their track team, Raheem Mostert, uh, Jalen Waddell, they are really, really hidden on all cylinders. They've had a come from behind wind already. They've won two games on the road. That has been an impressive part about them. And they're they're they know that they have a chance to be in every single ball game. That's the beauty of it. So I'm impressed with what the Dolphins are. Oh, yeah, Connor Williams. Thank you, CB. Connor Williams is on that team as well. Uh, the Philadelphia, uh, I was going to call them the 76ers, the Philadelphia Eagles, they, they're trying to figure it out too. They lost both of their coordinators who became head coaches. The defense is nasty. They're getting that figured out. But the offense still hadn't looked like it did last year. Yes, they had some big plays on Thursday, big plays down the field, touchdowns to Devontae Smith. But how often are they going to be able to do that once they start playing again with some of these tougher teams i really do like what they're doing um they're going to be in it they represented the nfc in the super bowl last year so and came down to the wire to that game so that is going to be something to pay attention to the 49ers here we go the 49ers defense is their calling card that is who they are 
I know that Brandon Ayuk got hurt on the offensive side of the ball, but the defensive side of the ball is where they make their money. They are schemed up properly. They are all over the place. Now, that's a team that has made the adjustment because they lost their defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, who went to Houston, but they're in the right position right now. They look, they look deadly again. And Brock Purdy is taking care of the football. He and Dak Prescott are 83.7% uh, quarterback rating right now, which is tops in the NFC, which is, top, I believe, tops in the NFL as well. So he's taking care of the football. He's not turning it over. They still have playmakers. They got a defense that flies around. They got Kittle. They have some players on that team. So they're going to be in it. And the Cowboys in them are having a showdown pretty soon. And then, of course, I've been talking about them all week. Ever since we've seen them play the last couple games, the Dallas Cowboys have shown to be uh, in the mix and in the conversation of one of the best defenses out there. But people are not still giving Dak his props. They still want to be critical of him. They still don't want to believe that this is going to be the real Dak. But I said this yesterday. You have to give Mike McCarthy his props. He said that he, this ain't fantasy football. My job is to win football games. I don't care about all the points that everybody's talking about in the league. Offensive coordinator, I get it. I said this about Sark the other day. I see how sometimes not wanting to run the ball hurts your mind and your psyche as a play caller. But if they're giving you five and seven yards of pop on the ground, why not? Why not? And it set up the play action. I've talked about this for the last couple of years, pro football focus. I told you, I don't always believe in some of the things that they say, but what I have seen from them has been very, very impressive because Dak's numbers, when he uses play action, are so much better than when he doesn't. So how do you set up play action? By running the dang ball. Run it. Those are the things that I've been wanting to see from the Dallas Cowboys, and that has been the impressive part about it. I gave you the rushing numbers. I gave you the other numbers that are, are a major part of the success and the failures of the Texas Longhorns. So that has been – I mean, excuse me, not the Texas Longhorns, the Dallas Cowboys. I told you before, they're always the same. They seem a little bit the same. Um, but – those are the types of things that I continue to look for and I want to continue to try to figure out. It has been a, a wild ride when you sit and you think about um, those teams at 2-0. We talked yesterday about the teams that were 0-2. And I want to know what your thoughts are. We'll, we'll bring it back up tomorrow. But I want to know who you feel is a contender or a pretender because there are some teams that – we're seeing them, as I said yesterday, Cowboys took over New Orleans. I mean, took over New York. They won both of their games against the New York teams. They're going to have to play the Giants at home, and maybe Saquon Barkley will be back. But when you start looking at the schedules for all of these teams and when they get ready to get into their conference games, it is going to be interesting. Cowboys are probably going to be 4-0. I don't see them losing until they play San Fran. I think San Fran is in that same situation. The biggest challenge that they had so far was last week, uh, but they came out of it clean. So this is going to be football is going to be at a very, very high level, and it is going to be very entertaining. I can't wait for it. I know you can't wait for it, regardless of the teams that you like. Dallas Cowboys are in everybody's conversation every single day. 
That is what it's about. The Houston Texans are are showing signs of life, but they're still a little bit away from where they need to be. But I, I told you yesterday, I love what C.J. Stroud has been able to do. Will Anderson coming off that edge, he's played really, really good football so far too. That defense, I expect them to be a little bit better, but they're learning a new scheme. And you know as well as I do, every once in a while, the scheme doesn't play out the same way. So I'm 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 excited. I'm excited for this weekend's round of games, as I am the uh, college football games. We'll get into some of that tomorrow. I'll give out some predictions and let you know what I'm thinking about and who I'm looking at. But there's a lot of good teams that are out there. Let me see if I can find this real quick because the game that I was looking at, Everybody wants to talk about that Notre Dame and uh, that Notre Dame and Ohio State game, which is going to be really interesting to see. But there are so many other games that I'm looking at that I'm like, ooh, that would be a good one. I'm definitely looking for the afternoon games. Colorado is going to be playing Oregon at 2.30. That is going to be fun. And Deion Sanders came out yesterday and told everybody to quit um, giving – Given these other people bad death threats, that is un- insane. We heard the story of the man that got into a got hit in the head in the stands, which is ridiculous. We have to stop this crap going to games and starting fights. I mean, what 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 is wrong with people when you really truly think about it? Stop that nonsense and just go to the game. If you want to talk trash, talk trash, but it doesn't need to end up in a fight. Someone getting shot, someone getting hit in the head, and someone ended up getting killed. I mean, this dude was minding his own business and got hit in the head, and now all of a sudden nobody is uh, holding themselves accountable for this deal. So hopefully they get some people arrested and things kept uh, getting all that other stuff done. So I wanted to bring this up too. We talked to Chipper Jones and we talked about superstitions. And baseball players, we've all gone through these superstitions. And I was going to play this for Chipper the other day. For those that don't know, Chipper's been married quite a few times. He's got some boys that are out there. He's done some things in his lifetime. But we've all talked about the fact of superstition in baseball. My man Rob Babers used to get mad at me. Chip Brown always calls it stupid stitches. And I'm like, no, man, there's things. I got to go to the same to go to the park the exact same way I drove. If I got three hits, if I didn't get no hits, I went the opposite direction. I did things different. If I get a couple hits in a game, I'm eating the same food that I had. I'm doing everything the same. I'm not wearing the same draws, but I, I will get dressed the exact same way. But you've heard of, quote, unquote, slump busters in the game. Oh, man, I need to go give me a slump buster. And then I'm like, oh, man, whatever. Dude. But. There are some times where you find that pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. My man Chipper Jones said that he found a pot of gold during his first marriage, and this is kind of how it went. He attributes his success to a number of factors, hard work, practice, and a loving wife. Uh, It's a funny story, but I met her when I was playing in Macon, and I was sitting 240. A month later, I was sitting 310, so I thought I'd keep her around a while. (laughs) She's going to kill me for saying that. (laughs) Sometimes you got to find that bundle of joy somewhere, man. And I ain't talking about kids, but I'm talking about sometimes you have to find something to get you motivated and get you back into the game. It is a hilarious story. 
as always. It is fun because of the simple fact that I know him. I know his first wife and uh, I know his new wife and everything. But it's funny when you sit there and actually have an actual story when he was in AAA talking about that because nobody it's it, nobody ever really talks about the slump busters and what everything that goes into it but i've been impressed with it somebody else i want you to be impressed with them is my good friends over at four the number four roofs tx go to fourroofstx.com for all your roofing needs whether it's for residential or commercial give four roofs tx a chance texas has some crazy weather we've had some hail back in the day some high winds and of course, some heavy rains. You don't really know until you see that little brown spot in your house. Where is it coming from? Let my friends come over and give you that estimate. Do yourself a favor. Go to the number four, RoofsTX.com. It's a locally owned company that understands the needs in this area. They have over 15 years of experience, affordable pricing, and a quick response time. They are very thorough and very trustworthy. I use them for my home, and then my neighbors use them for them homes for their homes, and I think you should do it too. I know them personally, and you won't be disappointed. I, I can promise you that. They will provide an on-site project manager on every job to make sure that the job is done right. So what are you waiting for? Reach out today at 512-520-5884 or go to the number 4, RoofsTX.com. I want to thank everybody for joining me today. It has been another fun, fun ride, especially when you start thinking about this football games this weekend. Uh, we are at hump day, hump day, hump day edition of uh, Hanging with Harge, and it is ready for us to go to football. Football starts. I can't wait. This weekend is going to be fun. I want you to truly, truly understand that this Texas football team Although it looks like they're going to be able to blow everybody out, they have the most talent, but the execution, and you got to remember too, those kids on the other side are very, very competitive as well. This is their Super Bowl. This is their bowl game. This is their championship. Each week that Texas plays in every team in front of them, they have one goal and one goal only. Texas is the number three ranked team in the nation. They everybody's been talking about them all year. They've been taking their jabs. They've been saying all these different things. But I want you to truly understand that every game that Texas plays, Texas has to be the ones that are dialed in. Texas has to control the controllables that they have because they can't worry about what's going on. Because if they go out there and do the things that they're supposed to do, they're a team that can dominate, dominate. But if they don't go out there and do the right things and they're lollygagging around and not doing, not paying attention to what's going on, it'll be a rough, rough ride for them. But I don't see that happening. I think this week has made them more focused than anything. I think what they saw last week, the adjustments, the three, three, five or the cloud that other defenses are going to play. If they're going to give you the running lanes, take the running lanes. If they're going to lead, they're going to try to play man and press up, you can take your shots deep. But you have to be smart. You have to be concise, and you have to do what's right to help your team win. And I think the Texas Longhorns understand that. I think Coach Sark, when they went back and watched the film, I think they saw some opportunities that was missed because I watched it again late last night and early this morning. 
there were some missed opportunities, wide open wide receivers running down the field. Uh, Quinn understood that he needs to be better. I gave you the numbers about not taking deep shots, and most of the passes were at or just a little bit past the line of scrimmage. There's some opportunity out there. And if they're gonna, if Baylor's gonna try to man up on them, which I don't think Dave Aranda will do, if you're a smart team moving forward and you notice that Texas has had problems with the, the cloud defense with that umbrella, I will let you bend, but I'm not gonna break going down the field. If they can continue to look at that and Sark really dials in, I think these guys are going to be just fine. I think these guys are going to be just fine. I don't think that there's going to be a problem with this game. I think Texas still wins. I told somebody last night, I think that Texas wins by at least 26 points. But I also understand that if they can, if the other team can control the ball and keep it away from them, that's when I believe Texas needs to go ahead and try to get a block punt or big return, and that's why I thought that special teams is going to be a major part of the success of Texas moving forward because you definitely need to have those types of plays. You do. You do. But I don't think that Baylor's just going to let you just run them out of the gym or run them off the field. I don't think that's happening. And before I let you guys go today, I want to give a special, special shout-out to my son, DJ. Y'all have seen DJ before. Y'all have talked to him before. He's been on uh, a couple of podcasts that I did in the past. He's a very, very sharp young man. Today he turns 15. Um, Not only is he a good athlete, he's a great kid. He does unbelievable in his school works. He works hard. He's a giving person. And he is one of the coolest kids that I've ever been around. I want to knock him out sometimes, but that's just being a dad. You know, you got to lay the law down every once in a while. But I just wanted to let him know that I'm very appreciative of him. I'm very proud to be his father. And every day he makes me smile. He's 15 years old. That dude is is very intense when it comes to his fantasy sports. He is <laughs> he is one of those guys that you always want to be around because you never know what he's going to say. But with that being said, I always want to say this. Don't believe everything you see because even salt looks like sugar. Peace. Let's bring in my man, BK, who is uh, sitting in the wings, ready to get this thing going. BK, how you doing, buddy? How you feeling about this game this weekend? Not as good as you, but I also want to wish your son, DJ, a happy birthday. I've got the pleasure to meet him a couple of times. He is a great kid. He's way smarter and way more mature than I am, and he's like (laughs) half my age. So he might find that as an insult, but uh, I I take it as a compliment. Happy birthday to DJ and yeah, he's he's got some big things coming his way in his future. So uh, it's he's uh, an old soul, my friend. He's he is, man. And we love that. Nah, you uh, <laughs> you and Lindsay have done a great job raising him, and he's developed into a, a great young man. And I know big things are coming his way too. So happy birthday to him! And yeah, man, hard, like I, I hear you, hard. You're saying what twenty four to twenty six points? Did I hear that right? Yeah, yeah. I heard you know Wags and Rodney are both saying at least three touchdowns. Bucky's calling them Waco high. I'm like, <laughs> I, I think I'm the only person on Texas Sports Unfiltered who thinks this is going to be a close game on Saturday. So I think Texas is going to win. But yeah. to answer your question, no, I'm not feeling nearly as good about it as uh, as you or most of our team is. I, 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 to be honest with you, and you know me, I'm normally more on the conservative side of things. I just yeah. don't see where Baylor has anything that is going to be threatening. We've seen them, I, but I, again, 
don't believe everything you see because they, they this is their game. This is their Super Bowl. This is the one game that Dave Aranda was talking about. They just want me to win one. Mm-hmm. And this is the one. I appreciate you asking me that question, though. <laughs> uh, appreciate you doing your show today, Harge. I might tell you that every single day now in honor of Dave Aranda. Appreciate you guys. Y'all have a great one.